It's your homie Rashawn. Be cool. And this your boy C. Three men collaborating for the betterment of each other and listeners. Welcome to the Betterment Podcast. I look to to. Good day to all our podcast listeners, the Betterment Podcast Society. Um, I think we all know that today is already what, fellas? Blessed. Blessed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Today is already blessed. We first want to shout out all our Today is Already Blessed Warriors. We appreciate you supporting and we appreciate you posting it, letting the world know that, you know, you're blessed and, you know, today is blessed. Um, so with that being said, um, we have two special guests um, and we're going to do we're staying in the same realm of the last dance. And we just like the Bulls did back to back. Uh, I, I, one of our guests is going to hit us with another back-to-back. Brother Reginald Hinton Jr. <laughs> um, has joined us again. And then when I reached out to Brother Reggie and uh, discussed the topic, um, he had on his spirit, as he, in his words, his homie. He was like, I got a homie. And uh, his homie is none other than David Thornton. They say DT. Um, and, and before before. Uh, I asked David to speak. I'm just gonna run down, you know, some of some of his uh, achievements. Uh, David Thornton is a native of North Carolina, Goldsboro to be exact. Uh, former outside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. Um, he is currently, if I'm not mistaken, still with the Colts in player player relations. And we'll get in a little deeper into, you know, what he actually does, his functions and things of that nature with the organization. But, Brother David Thornton, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing outstanding. Thank you guys for inviting me to be a part of the segment, man. This is a blessing. We love that. We love that. Yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah, it's a Absolutely. It's a blessing to have you on. Um I don't know if uh, Reginald has caught you up on it, on what we've been talking about. I'm pretty sure you've at least heard a clip or the show he was on because he gave some powerful jewels and some great lessons and a lot of meat for us to eat off of for the week. Um, we are pulling from The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary with the Chicago Bulls and their quest for a sixth championship. Um, and today's topic we are talking about the importance of a father figure. Um, and we'll pull from the documentary, but I know with all of us on this line, we'll, we'll not only pull from the documentary, but we'll have our own um, things to say as well. So with that being said, I want to open the floor um, to whomever wants to go first. This is, this is real comfortable. You know what I mean? So, we just want to build and share and grow. Um, so, Brother Reggie, yeah. Brother David, we welcome you once again. And, man, let's just get into it, man. We're, we're excited to have you guys on. And I know God is definitely on the line with us as well. So let's right. do it. Everybody good? Oh, yeah. 
Um, so, okay. okay. So, so this is what I do. So, we're we're talking about the importance of a father figure, and obviously, we um we're pulling from the documentary. But I did look up. Um, you know, sometimes I always look up like the the definition, or what I did was I punched in, you know, father figure, and um, what what came up when I punched in the importance of a father figure, it said children want to make their fathers proud and, and and involved father promotes inner growth and strength. Studies have shown that when fathers are affectionate and supportive, it greatly affects the child's cognitive and social development. It also instills an overall sense of well-being and self-confidence. The uh, father's role is to provide spiritually, financially, emotionally, and physically protection for his family. So stemming from that, and then we're going to pull, like I said, from how James was important to Jordan. um, And then just our all around outlook as far as how important a father figure is. Um, So that's where we want to start, start from. Okay. So how, you know, we all know that um, Jordan's father played a a major part in his development and success. Um, Can you two guys just kind of explain, you know, from your point of view, how important a father figure actually is in, um, you know, a kid's life? Let me, let, let me start, fellas, and again, um, I echo DT sentiments and appreciate y'all giving me a, a victory lap. <laughs> I enjoyed, man, let me tell you, I enjoyed it so much last week. I haven't stopped talking about it, so it's a blessing to be back on. Um, but let me, let, me, let me start this answer, and I'm sure um, DT going to have something to say right in line with what I'm about to share. Man, I, I first, when I was thinking about this topic, the first thing that came to me was the examples that a father set, the example that a father establishes for his children. And let, let me be let me be intentional with how I frame this because I recognize that not everybody has a God-fearing father. Right. Let me put that out there. But when when you're blessed to have a God-fearing father, one thing I think he will establish is the example from which we build our relationship with God, our father. Mm. And fellas, I think I think part of the challenge people have with Christianity that presents God in a masculine pronoun is that they've had challenges in their relationship with their earthly father. And so to think of a a God of the universe being a father figure is tough and they can't get past that because they got to get through the emotion of what they've experienced from a natural father. And so when you have a God fearing father, he will be very intentional about making sure that that vertical line is established 
as he leads the horizontal line. That makes mm-hmm. sense what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. For sure. And I'll add to that, man, just uh just thinking about, you know, I know Reggie's father, I know my father. They kind of raised us under similar similar values. And um just the role of a father, man, that's that responsibility that you're blessed with, I mean, it's special. It's special. And um, fathers help. I just think about me personally, how my dad just poured into me. He helped shape my thoughts. He helped shape my behaviors. He helped shape my values that I stand on to this day. You know, so just to have the uh, the presence of a father in a child's life or, you know, uh, a father figure in your life, it is impactful. You know, it makes a difference. It definitely shapes, you know, your your vision and how you see things in life. And so having that father there for you um, in your life, man, it definitely, uh, it makes a huge difference in how you move and how you think. Um, definitely for me personally, my dad, my dad is the best man I know. Come on. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, so I think of him. I hold my dad in high regard. Just I'm so blessed and thankful. And my father was not perfect by any means. You okay. know, his um, his testimony, his story is incredible. Just what God had brought him through and just the trials and the tests that he had to overcome and uh, just to be where he is now. You know, it's definitely the grace of God, but um, just what he invested in me at an early age. And to this day, he's still the man that I lean on for advice, um, for prayer, for support, for encouragement. Right. You know, it's it's special to have. It's really special to have that father figure in your life. And uh, I value value that relationship immensely. That's awesome. That's that's definitely awesome. You know, um, within our our culture, we have seen where the lack of having a father in the home can affect a family tremendously, um, be it if you have little girls or little boys. Uh, and it, it speaks loudly, you know, uh, within our community when you see a father being there and how that can change everything. Um, and like you said, it's extremely impactful. Uh, and um, uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Definitely. Right. I agree with word. Um, I think in these days um, to actually see a father with their children. Um, to some, it's a, it's a shock or something that's abnormal because I know it's plenty of times I went to the school with my son and the teachers, you know, they look at me like something strange, <laughs> you know, like because I don't think they're used to seeing the father in the school attending, you know, being attentive to the child's needs at school. Definitely. And, you know, that's interesting because. A father's voice is is major, you know, and when you can speak up for your child or direct your child, that just makes so much of a difference in their life, man. And in their 
in their 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 scholarship or whatever they got going on, man. That that makes a huge difference, man. So shout out to UC for doing that as well, man, and being a part of your your son's life and being in, um, you know involved. So appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'll just share a little bit about my story, man. I know um, you guys don't know my whole background like Reggie does, but, um, you know, when I was, I became a father at 17 years old. And um, for me, at that stage of life, man, that was a challenge. Okay. Um, Being a teenage dad, um, still trying to figure out life myself, that was a great responsibility that I took on. And uh, had I not had, you know, a supporting cast around me to help me at that age uh, with direction, with guidance, I know I wouldn't have made it. Mm. You know, so it's a lot of young fathers out here who uh, who need guidance from other male figures in their life to help them, to, you know, to be that example of what an upstanding father should be. You know, Absolutely. so... The more men we have setting the example, you know, and keeping the bar high, you know, fathers are there to protect, provide, to show love. I mean, the list goes on and on. But if you don't if you don't have that example, you know, for you can pull from, it may be tough on you. You know, so for me at 17, man, I learned so much at an early age. Um, Becoming a, a, a father so young, it helped definitely helped shape me into the man I am now, just the things that I learned at such an early age. And I'm thankful that I had to go through that journey because I had to grow up quickly, you know, from a responsibility standpoint. And um, a lot of what I do now with my athletes and my current role, I pull from those experiences of just helping them understand how to be involved and how to um, love and support and be selfless you know, as fathers, a lot of times it can't be about you. It got to be about your family, you know. So right. that's another thing that you got to keep in mind as a father. You, it can't be about you. You know, you got to get out of the way and put other people first, which is uh, which is an act of love. You know, so. Um, so, yeah, man, my experience is, you know, my daughter now, my daughter is 23 years old. You know, she lives in New York. She's doing very well. But um, there's no greater joy that I have, man, really, in just being being a dad, man, being involved with my kid. That's that's a huge, that's a great joy, great joy. Amazing. So, so, you- so Mr. Uh, Mr. Reginald, man, um, I heard a lot about um, your father. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, how – he has inspired you and, you know, influenced you throughout the years. Man, I, <laughs> you asked me a specific question, man. I was getting so much off of what y'all just talked about. Uh, so, so hopefully, hopefully I can come back to some of what has already been said. But, um, like, like DT, man, I mean, my dad was the template for my whole life. Um, and, and what I was talking earlier about uh, fathers being there to set an example for us. And for me, a very clear example my dad set was how high I could actually go. Come on. Um, 
Man, some of my earliest memories, fellas, was seeing my father's diploma in business administration from UNC Chapel Hill hanging on a wall everywhere we live. <laughs> and when I look back on it, it was an intentional decision to put something in front of me to show me what was possible. Right. And not only not only did he show me, but he steered me to where I remember one time, and, and just just to be just to be blatantly honest, school, especially not high school, was not hard for me. And one time I came home, fellas, and I had two C's on my report card. <laughs> and I was I was I was I was A or A B honor roll all throughout school. And let me tell you how my dad, he steered me in one sentence. He said, he said, son, did you do your best? And when mm. I tell you, y'all know that, you know that feeling you get in the pit of your stomach when your dad check you? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let y'all guess. Tell me what my grades were next nine weeks. Oh, they were AB. Oh. <laughs> Come on, man. Go. Straight A's, bro. <laughs> Straight A's, but he never let me settle because he knew what was in me. And he made sure throughout my whole life I knew what was in me. And so I saw how accomplished my dad was, and he was a he was a dual threat. Yes, sir. He retired as he retired as the secretary for the Department of Revenue, which is a position that is appointed by the governor of the state of North Carolina. He was the head honcho, CEO, so to speak, of the Department of Revenue, while at the same time pastoring a thriving church. And so I'm like, I got no choice spiritually and in the secular world, I can be as great as I want to be. And the thing that blesses me most is that even today he tells me, son, you you will go farther than I did. Mm. And I'm looking at I'm looking at what he has already established. Trying to see myself going past that because he's done such a wonderful job. Being his his motto is excellence without excuse. And that's what he's done his whole life. Just pursue that path of excellence, man. So yeah, he's like like DT said, man, I, I I have been blessed with an amazing father, and I, yeah, man, <laughs> that's all I got to say. It's <laughs> great, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, special just just being a part of the family and knowing and seeing from afar uh, your pops, Reg. You know, I definitely agree and concur with you, bro. Definitely. But fellas, if, if 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 I'm not if I'm not out of line or messing up the floor of your questions, I just want I want to touch one thing <laughs> that DT was talking about, man. Go and ahead, bro. Is, and I picked this, I picked this up in Last Dance as well. Um, interesting that Gus, the security guard, ended up filling a void mm. that that Mike had once his father passed. Right. And so that that helped me see that fatherhood is a shared responsibility. And DT was talking about how, you know, 
basically having a tribe of men around him mm-hmm. really helped him fill those father shoes quicker than he would have if he was trying to figure it out on his own, man. So, so my question, I actually had a question. What, how y'all feel about the, the shared responsibility of fatherhood where it's, it's not the responsibility of one man exclusively to raise children, but it really is, I think, a shared responsibility. So I, I'm curious what y'all's thoughts are on that. Where life starters off. Well, you know, that's a, I think I, I can, I can answer that question pretty well. Um, unlike you guys with y'all father, my father wasn't readily available in my home. Um, I, I, I knew my father and I was around him at times, but um, growing up, my father, he was an alcoholic and he was in the streets. So, you know, I would be around him just enough to learn some things. Um, but then I will be around him enough to learn things that I shouldn't do. And mm-hmm. I I learned not what to be, you know what I'm saying? And I learned what I should be or what I should become because I didn't want to go down that path that he had went down. And so, you know, growing up, uh, my mom made sure that I had uh, father figures in my life. Um, if it was an uncle or an older cousin or my mother's co-worker who ended up becoming my spiritual father, um, there were always men present around uh, to give you that sense of, OK, guidance. This is the way you should go. These are the things you you should do. Uh, I know you probably can't talk to your mom about everything. You want to talk about this? You can talk to me about that. I think right. it's extremely important to have um a, a group of individuals to to uh, to uh, be there, um, you know, in that sense of uh, it takes a village to raise a child. I really do believe that. Um, and when you have a a a I guess a an ensemble of different people around you, you can pick up different things that can affect you in a positive manner that can make you more diverse as well. Uh, it can actually make you stronger. So um, I, I definitely agree with, uh, you know, with that. I, I do believe that you can have a group of people that can actually assist you and make you a better person. And it just doesn't have to be your father. It could be father figures that could actually mentor you, you know. And, you know, truth be told, you, you look at them as mentors. Um, that's what your fathers were to you, mentors. And, you know, when you break that word mentor down, it means men and tour. You know, I'm I'm taking you on a tour of how to be a man. I'm showing you how to be a man. And uh, that's what we are to be to the, the ones that come behind us. So uh, I definitely feel that's a that's a plus to have it. Definitely, definitely. For me, man, I. Uh, I think it is very key and it is important that. You know, for me, like I said, I grew up, my dad, my biological dad was not in the home, but I was I was blessed with a grandfather. I was blessed with two uncles. And then my mother eventually met who I call dad today uh, Uh when I was a young child. So I had four men to raise me from, you know, a child to an adult. And, you know, I thank God for each individual 
each individual, my grandfather who showed me how to get up every day, go to work, you know, regardless of how you feel. He taught me how to, you know, he showed me, you know, the how to command a crowd, you know, in a church singing before a group of people, you know, with his quartet group. You know, when I, when I speak of my dad, uh, again, getting up every morning, going to work, providing, protecting, being that rule, being that board in the house. And then, you know, when you go to my uncles, you know, they were, some of them were in the streets and, you know, they kept me out of the streets. So when I wanted to go down and hang at the trailer park or go hang at, you know, whatever, wherever the homies were hanging at, I couldn't do it because my uncle was out there too. He would send me right back home. So, you know, I thank God for all those individuals. I thank God for my uncle sending me back home. You know what I mean? Um, my grandfather, my dad, because um, I know for a fact somewhere along the line, I would have went with those group of friends instead of listening to that strong voice like, hey, carry your butt back home or, you know, come with me to church. This is what we doing. So, you know, shout out to my grandfather, my dad, my uncles and love y'all, man. Definitely. What's up, bro? Uh, from my standpoint, so, my standpoint, man, I just want to touch on this, and this kind of this kind of links in with Michael when he lost his father. Um, I lost my father when I was sixteen. Um, before then, he was in my life. You know, he displayed how to be a hard worker. Um, he was always there for me. Um, he wasn't around as much as he wanted to be. Because, you know, around that time, my mother, she was in the street, um, you know, battling a drug addiction. So, but while he was here, um, he displayed, you know, the the strong aspects of being a father. But once he passed away, my uncle stepped in and, you know, displayed that father figure that I needed after that loss. Because I had every chance to do anything I wanted. I could have, you know, made that choice to be in the streets just like everybody else was. So, you know, my uncle, I got to shout him out because he played an important part in my life. Yes, sir. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. So, DT, um, I see where your current role with the Colts is club director of player engagement. It says your primary charge is the personal and professional growth of each player during and beyond the NFL experience. So, man, it sounds like you're a father figure to a whole crew, you know? <laughs> man, that's, that's exactly what it is, man. That, that title is just, it's really, man, all about being a servant. I'm there okay. to serve. I'm there to encourage. I'm there to support. Um, I'm there to confront them when I need to confront them when they're out of line, like a father does. A father confronts you when you need to be con confronted. Right. And uh, I'm there to challenge them too, man. Challenge them to be great. Challenge them to be great men, both on and off the field. Challenge them in their personal life, in their professional life. Uh, we all need people in our lives that can hold us accountable, that can pull us up to the standard that is set for us as men. Mm -hmm. And not only pull us up to the standard, but help push us further than we thought we could go. You know, I think about, you know, what Reggie just said earlier. 
how his father said, hey, son, you know, you're going to go further and do more than what I accomplished. You know, you need people in your life that's going to push you that way, you know, that can see more than you can see. It's one thing for you to look in the mirror and see yourself. But if someone else can see something more in you, man, that's great. Right. To have those extra set of eyes that can see you, you know, doing more and accomplishing more than helping you reach your fullest potential, man. So uh, for me and my current role with the team, man, you know, every day I just wake up with the agenda is who can I help today and how can I help them? And um, I'm trying to help my guys, you know, reach their fullest potential. Uh, regardless of whatever it may be, uh, whether it's something with the, with the playbook or something dealing with life, you know, I'm right. going to help them figure it out and just advise them in the, uh, in the best direction they can go. So uh, I love it, man. It's, it's a, it's a very rewarding job and um, it falls right in line with what you guys just shared. Just people stepping up, being in people's lives at certain times to, uh, to help, help support them and help them reach their potential. And um, I'm a firm believer, man, just God, God divinely sends people in your life at certain times to meet the needs you may have. You know, it's up to us to be open and receptive to those people. I mean, God uses people at strategic times and strategic ways to support you and help guide you when you need it. Mm. You know, that's one of his promises. God said, I'll supply all of your needs. You know, so so whatever you need, he gonna provide it, and he use he uses people in different ways and different times to uh, to help you along the journey. So um, so I'm thankful for that opportunity I have each day with the coast, man. It's definitely a blessing. Yes, sir. Definitely. DT, uh, this is word. I got a, a a question. This is that's definitely a huge responsibility. But when you're you're dealing with these uh, these these gentlemen. Uh, and they're they're making money now. How much more does that actually, uh, I guess, uh, um, I, I guess, ignite the situation uh, when they're they're dealing with situations in their life? Uh, no matter if it's dealing with women or dealing with how to spend their money or um, you know just real life situations, them getting a lot of money at an early age. How big is that for them? Uh, and do you help? have to help steer them in the right direction with that man absolutely man it's it's not just professional athletes it's men period you know we mm-hmm. all deal we all deal with temptations we all deal with different mm-hmm. tests uh, whether it's fi- something financial whether it's females or whether mm-hmm. it's something with family there are always different things that can distract you from your focus and from your purpose that's why it's critical for you to keep your mind right Come it on. starts in your yeah. it starts in your mind. You know, you yeah. gotta really you gotta guard your thoughts. You know, what are you reading? What are you watching on TV? You know, um, what are you being exposed to, who you're around, your supporting cast? All those things help shape the things you're thinking about. They shape your words, they shape your behaviors. So um I challenge my guys in those areas. We have real conversations. I ask them directly, what is your vision? for your life professionally. Mm. What do you see yourself Mm. going? What is is the vision for your life financially? What is the vision for your life relationally? You know, once you got a clear Mm -hmm. vision, then I ask them direct questions. What choices are you making that align with your vision? Mm. Once you have a clear vision, 
you got to make sure the choices that you're making and your priorities are in alignment with your vision for your life. You know, so all of these guys got great, you know, visions for things they want to accomplish on the field, things they want to accomplish in their family, you know, and uh, things they want to do back in their hometown communities. And my challenge to them, make sure the choices that you're making and the decisions you're making are, are all in alignment with your vision that you set for yourself. You know, so um, we all deal with temptations, man, you know, in all walks of life, you know, but it's the key to it is you got to know how to lay things aside and remove things that shouldn't be there and um, and stay focused, stay focused and keep people around you that can help hold you accountable and push you in the direction you're trying to go. Definitely. Great answer, man. uh, You know, um, sounds like accountability is a big thing. Accountability is a huge thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Accountability is a huge thing, man. You got to have people that can hold you accountable. And um, it really takes some self-discipline, too. You know, you you got to decide within yourself, too. You know, I can we can give you information. You know, Reggie shares information with people all the time. I share information. You guys can share information. But if there's no application, there can Mm. be no transformation. Come on. You know, so yes, what good is the information if there's no application? <laughs> Has to be applied. It's real. Yeah. Has to be applied. So yeah, we get information every day, but there gotta be a level of application. You gotta apply it to your life as well. <laughs> it's great, man. Great info. I got a question for for DT or Reginald. Either one. Um, what advice? My my little cousin, he just lost his father. Um, he's 17 years old. And like I said, I lost my father when I was 16. What and even in Michael's case, like what would you what advice would you give? Or what would you say to someone who lost a kid who lost their father? I I think the most important thing to do first is to just get a sense around where that person is related to the loss. Okay. Some people people can take things in perspective and it's not as, as tragic as someone from the outside looking in may think. Like if it was a very rewarding and fulfilling relationship with that father and then the father knew ahead of it happening what was about to happen and could spend time just preparing that that son right for the transition then i think you're dealing with one one set of things you can say to that person so in, in that case you could spend a lot of time just talking about you know holding on to those positive memories and lessons and you are the continuation of his legacy but if it's a tragic and unexpected loss the first thing man i would say is to let that that young man know that it's okay to be emotional Mm -hmm. i think i think one of the one of one of the disservices that we place 
or one of the one of the inappropriate ways in which we serve men, and, and especially in the African American community, is by teaching them a Superman mindset. Right. And so what happens is they spend most of their life internalizing when they should be releasing. Right. Mm. So you got so you got a person in rage and they wondering why this person is out shooting people and robbing them. All of these acts of violence and this and and if you spend time with that person, there's a root to it. And sometimes that root is no one ever showed me how to process these emotions that seem more feminine. Mm. So spending time with them, and then I'm going to let DT jump on it after this, but just spending time and say, man, it's okay if you cry. Right. This hurt. Losing somebody hurts. Mm. There's no getting around that. It's, it hurts if it's unexpected. It hurts if it's expected because it's the it's the first time people encounter permanence. Mm. Like this is it forever as it relates to time. I will never see you again. And especially if the relationship wasn't great and then they weren't on good terms when the unexpected happened. Man, that's that's a Pandora's box of issues right there because now on top of the hurt and anger, you got regret. So I think just giving them space to be transparent and to talk about it without making them feel like they got to be strong in that moment. Like the message is sometimes Superman, actually the better message is, let me, let me say it right. The better message is Superman spent most of his time as Clark. Come on. Right. So it's okay to be human. Mm. That's good, man. I would, I mean, just, I agree with all of that. I mean, mm -hmm. biggest thing, man, when in life happens, you know, to all of us and to, to experience the loss of a loved one, you know, the biggest thing, man, for me, man, is just to show compassion, man. Show compassion and just try to be there to support them and whatever they need. Um, you know, that, that type of feeling, you know, especially if you haven't gone through something like that, you know, it's tough to really know exactly what to say, you know? So it's just, for me, the biggest thing you can do during those times of a, someone lose a loved one, father, whoever it may be, show compassion, be there for them, be that listening ear and, uh, and continue to pray and support them. You know, because a lot of times those boys that they may be feeling those pains, only God can heal those pains. Mm. You know, so you just got to pray and um, ask God to comfort them where they need to be comforted. You know, so uh, that was that's what I would say, you know, for someone who may experience any type of loss, whether it was a father or a close family friend, a family member or friend, just to, just to be there for them the best you can. Okay. Well, Chris, Chris, what, Chris, what I would say though, in your specific case, it's funny how a lot of stuff in life don't make sense until later. Mm. Mm. Man, I would, man, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put myself mm. out there just a little bit to, to emphasize this point. 
So my daughter is so into the movie Frozen 2. Oh my goodness, <laughs> man. If she if she can watch the movie, if she can get the soundtrack, that 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 will brighten her day no matter how rough right. it's been. So there's this there's this one song that Olaf the the snowman sings and he says, "This will all make sense when I am older." And in your case, in your case, see, losing your father early has position, positioned you to be a blessing to your nephew. Mm. Right. And I know, I know in the moment, not to get too deep into it, but I know in the moment, you know, all of that didn't make sense to you losing your father at an early age. But the parallels between the age you lost yours and the age he lost his, man, is that's divine, bro. Right. So to, to DT's point, because it is so hard to know what to say, making sure to connect that person with somebody who's walked a mile in those mm-hmm. shoes and could help. See, I think part of the role of fathers, man, in, in the steering is to move people to places where we eventually arrive faster than it took us to get there. And if I've walked a mile in your shoes, I can tell you what's coming and help navigate you around those experiences a lot quicker. So, yeah, man. It, wow. When I, when I say to, when I say it's, dude, you, you the chosen one, man. You the goat. Right <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. That's, that's truth, man. You know, and, and all and saying that that's why I asked both of y'all that question, man, is because I thought about that situation and you know, it's just and how to step into it, you know. So I, I wanted to to get some advice from others. Man, it's it's see, it's really okay. Let's let's go to last dance. Gus Gus didn't go through a class to be a father to Come on. Right. He just he just saw the opportunity and stepped right in. And and a lot of a lot on this journey, man, especially in serving people. And and I'm sure all of you on this on this call can can witness to this, man. A lot of times when we take that step into opportunity, we don't have all the details when we get there. That's true, man. Right? Like I'm sure, I'm sure y'all sat and prayerfully considered starting the Betterment podcast, but I guarantee you, y'all didn't see it becoming what it is today when you first started. Right. But every day you every every day you made the conscious decision to keep pushing this agenda, the details became clearer. And I think in in, in your case. See, you sitting on a wealth of knowledge that that you just need to pour out. Right. And it's one of those things that it's going to make sense in the moment. He'll, your nephew will ask you the right question or he'll make the right statement about what he's feeling that's going to bring you right back to that place. Right. And then you're going to speak from experience. And to him, it's going to be life. Because it's gonna make so much sense because you'll be speaking his language, man. And that 
that's that's the it's not crazy man that's that's the amazing thing about god is that he gives us life so we can speak life right <laughs> wow man yeah, i appreciate it man i appreciate that for real so Reg, when you speak of when you speak of of Gus, um, what what other things did you pull from from the doc documentary in in the vein of Gus in relations to Mike and his role? Hmm. Whoo, man! I, so much in Gus, man. I I, I like. It. <laughs> The, the the couple of things that I like about Gus, man, was his ability to keep distractions from Mike. Okay. Right. Mike would be moving through a crowd, and Gus had this level of anticipation. You know, being first and foremost, career-wise, he was a police officer, and then stepping into the role of the security um, guard for for the Chicago Bulls, man, he just knew what to right. look for. <laughs> and in seeing that, he could navigate Mike around people that was trying to just mob him, mm. so to speak. And so, again, I think that's an important role of a father, man, is, is to, I keep saying this, to steer that next generation in the, in the, in the right direction, man. But but two, man, what I like is he, dude, I don't know what Gus did, but for him to do enough that Mike went to his chemotherapy mm -hmm. sessions. Mm -hmm. you, th you think about this, man. You think about this, y'all. Sound like most, most of us in here grew up around or in the church. And one of the funniest things to me, man, is how many people packed the church on Mother's Day. <laughs> and how few people come to church with right. his Father's Day. Yeah. And it's like, it's like no, it's like nobody, nobody pauses to acknowledge the father, man. It's true. True. But in this case, Mike was like, yo, my surrogate father is down i need to be by his side they said, and then i don't know if y'all saw this they dropped this kind of as a as a side note a footnote in the video but it was like mike reportedly paid for all of his medical expenses while he was right. going through chemo yep. what so to see the depth of that bond that mike felt that compelled to do that for gus man is that's yeah, man. Yeah. That's I'm I'm glad that they included that relationship in the in the storyline, man. Just just so for us as men to see how easy it is to seize that opportunity to provide guidance for somebody, even that's not even your your blood born child. Right. Right. So DT in the atmosphere of a locker room, how do you how do you build that relationship with a with a player like that? 
I mean, and he may not be the superstar, but he may be just the, the role player or, you know, how, how does that how does that form? Does it take does it take a season? Does it take years? You know, could you, you know, give us that feel and look? What is DT? Might be on. He might be on mute. Okay, no problem. Yeah, it says, it says he's still connected. So. Yeah, he's still on. Yo, why why are y'all waiting for him to come back, man? This this is something that's another thing, B, that stood out to uh-huh. me in terms of the role of fathers based on the um, last dance, man. It's when Mike said the reason why he went to play baseball was because it was something that him and his father always yeah. talked about. And what stands out to me, man, in that is the power of of a father's mm. words. <laughs> and when I was when I when I was thinking about that, I'm gonna say this real quick and then I would love to hear y'all's thoughts about it. Um when God made man, the first thing God did to see if man was truly in his image and likeness was he started bringing all the animals to Adam. And if you read it carefully in Genesis 2, it says that whatever name Adam gave them is what stuck. And and from that, the understanding I have is that God has graced men in particular with power in our mouths such that whatever we speak is what sticks. So a lot of a child's personal feelings about him or herself come from what the father says to them. So my 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 question for y'all just to see kind of what kind of what hits y'all about it is what how important you think that is to be intentional in our words as fathers. I honestly believe it's extremely intentional. I mean, important. You have to be intentional. Um, Our words are so heavy. They carry so much weight. And you have to guard what you say Um, when when raising your children. You have to be mindful what you say. And you have to take on that authority in speaking into their lives. Um, You know, you look at uh, in, in in the Bible when when. Um, when the blessings were released to the uh, to the children, the blessings came through the words. It was what was spoken to them. And so, you know, we have to be mindful of that as fathers. Um, when you talk to your kids, uh, speak with an authority, speak with the love and speak with a a, uh, a energy that's going to actually resound in their lives to let them know that they can do better and can be better and can can have a great life, man, and can manifest whatever they believe, man. So 
Um, I think it's extremely important, man. Extremely. Yeah, this is DT. I'm back now. But um, can you guys see me well? Yes, sir. Perfect. So, yeah. Uh, now nah, I'll just add to that, man. Just the importance of speaking words of affirmation, words of encouragement to your children, um, especially when they're young, while their mind is still calm, and um, there are not too many different distractions that have plagued their mind, so to speak. <laughs> but um, I love the fact that. You know, every day when you get your kids when they're young, man, you get a chance to really just speak life and just to help shape their thoughts through your words. So uh, just being intentional about what you're saying and being mindful of how you want to encourage them each and, each and every day, man, that's, that's a great responsibility. Great responsibility. I hear the word intentional. I had I had to shout out uh the artist uh Travis Green, man. He's intentional, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be intentional, no doubt. Definitely. Definitely. Earlier, DT, I had uh we were speak I, I was asking um about the atmosphere of a locker room and how you as you know, in your role, how do you foster that relationship between a player? Does that take Does that take time? Does that take a season? Does that take um, you know years? How do you connect with those players in that locker room? And you know, and how does time play an effect in that? I think that's a great question, man. Because uh, you look at you look at the relationship that Mike and Gus were able to develop. Um, just that unique bond they shared. I think the foundation really of any relationship is trust. Okay. You know, there has to be a level of trust between both individuals to where you feel as though you can count on that person. You know, you look mm -hmm. at Mike. Mike, without any doubt, Mike knew Gus, like Reggie talked about earlier. You know, Gus was aware. He was discerning the situation. He knew Gus had his back. He knew he, at the end of the day, Mike knew, man, I can count on Gus. You know, I think they even mm. talked about how Mike used to share personal conversations with Gus just about things he was dealing with. You know, when you right. have someone in your life, whether it's, whether it's someone like a Gus or whether it's your wife or whether it's your, your best friend, you know, someone you can confide in someone you know you can count on, man, that, that layer of trust, um, that just grows. That's the key element, you know, for me in any relationship. And that's what we do. That's kind of what I strive to do with my players, man. I don't put a timetable on it. Um, okay. I let them know. I let them know, man, straight up. Hey, I'm here. I'm here to help you reach your fullest potential. And everything I do, man, is rooted in love. You know, that's the thing we got to do as people, man. We got to love more. And um, everything I'm providing for them is really because I love them, you know. So mm -hmm. that's that's what the root of what I do is coming from. It's coming from a place of love, and uh, from there, man, that trust just grows. And um, and and when life happens, 
because they're humans just like us. They go through ups and downs. They go through storms. Right. They go through tests. Um, they fail, you know, but we got to be there for them to help them get back up. You know, so for me, that I just always try to be available and reliable for them during those times just so um, that relationship can grow and, we, and, that, and they know I, they can count on DT to be there for them. Mm-hmm. Bro, DT, man. Yes, sir. Yo, so here's, here's something that just that just came through my mind and what you were just saying. Again, question open to all the fellas, because like I said, I'm 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 here to learn just as much as I am here for any other reason. So what what do y'all think love look like from male to male? Mm, that's a, wow. That's a challenge. Mm. That's a challenge, you know, in, in our in our superhero mode, man. We we no one really teaches us about what love looks like from one male to another. So I'm I'm curious about your thoughts on on that. It's obvious that Gus show love to Mike, Mike's dad show love to Mike and vice versa. Mike loved on his dad and on Gus. So mm-hmm. what do y'all so think that looks like? That is a a who's picking it up first. That's a um <laughs> that's a, a interesting question. Um I think love when you're talking about from, from man to man, from brother to brother, from father to son, I think there's one of the first things is is respect, man. Um, respect and honor towards one another. Um, and mm. and being able to show a level of vulnerability to one another. Saying I'm just like you and you're just like me. There's going to be some times that I'm going to have some weaknesses. There's going to be some times that I fall short. But, uh, you know, together, if we lock arms, we can stand back up. Or if you fall, I'm strong enough to pull you back up. Um, you know, that's a very profound question, man. And if you look at it, you know, um, I look at it with I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a twin brother. And, um, you know, and we have a level of love that's um, I, I can't quite explain, I guess, because we we've been together since the beginning, <laughs> I guess. So, um you know, right. but it's it's a level of respect and it's a situation where, you know, no matter what, I got your back, no matter what you go through, even if you're wrong, I'm going to tell you you're wrong, but I still got your back. Uh, that's a it's a, it's a, it's an unconditional thing, man. Unconditional. I think that's something that we need to have for each other that, you know, we can be unconditional, like no matter if I disagree with you. Or, you know, we don't see the, the, the things, the same things, the, the same. I'm still here for you. I still love you. You know, um, that's the best way I, I can describe it, uh, you know. But that's a very profound question, Reggie. Very. Anybody else going to have at that? <laughs> that's, a, that's a huge question, by the way, man. That's a, wow, that's a huge question, man. Because it's one of those questions you yeah. don't quite have the words for it. <laughs> you know? It's, oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. 
Well, well, word. Let me let me let me share this real quick, man. It's from a from a personal example. Um, so I was blessed to see most of DT's story, mm-hmm. and specifically his trans his transition from. Catch this. I don't know if y'all have had time to even read his whole story, man. But he went from a walk on at UNC Chapel right. Hill to fourth round draft pick by the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and and he and I are part of a group of brothers. That's really really what we call each other, man. Not not just friends, but we have become brothers through the bonds of love and and two sides of this coin that that I witnessed that speaks to what love is for, for me from male to male was first when when DT made it all of us became part of his journey mm. so when we would when we would go visit him it was literally like just get up here man and I got you the rest of the way so I think one way men can love each other is when we we embrace the attitude that that my what's mine is yours there you go there you mm. go and then and then the other side of it was that deep debt for for dt this is what i feel like you can tell me whether or not it's true but the the and you and you saw this in the last dance when you make it to that level of of stardom celebrity like there's no break. You always gotta be on. And so Mike couldn't even go in public, bro. He would have to sit in the hotel room if he wanted any peace, man. And seeing seeing DT go through that same experience, I think the value that we added that was an expression of love was like mm. we would have we we would we were the outlet where he could just let his hair down and be DT. Not not you know linebacker for the Colts or the Titans, but just DT. Right. <laughs> if he didn't want to talk, he didn't have to talk. Right. So I think I think an expression of love that I get from that is letting people be who they are. There you go. Without mm. any pressure. Right. That's a good one. DT, how how important was that to have those circle of brothers that allowed you just to be DT? Man, let me tell you, man, that was invaluable, like priceless. Like these guys, not only did they know my story, it's one thing to know the story, but to be there with you, um, it meant everything to me, man, just to be honest about it. At the end of the day, no one accomplishes anything alone, anything significant Mm. alone. Right. You know, no matter Mike didn't accomplish his his all his great accomplishments, he didn't do it alone, you know, and I experienced it myself, you know, to be in to be able to reach that level, that elite elite level of competition. I didn't do it myself. You know, I had people in my corner. I had people supporting me when I when I needed that encouragement. I needed people that that knew DT for DT. (laughs) No DT. Mm. No DT like spicy buffalo wings fried crispy you know what i'm saying <laughs> like, these these my guys man so uh like reggie said you need people around you that can let you allow you to be human and um i'm thankful that god ordained 
you know, our relationships, man, way back in 96, 97, you know, he positioned us and united us way back then. And the bond is, will never be broken. And uh, yeah. um, re what Reggie said earlier, you know, just when he talked about that love, how love gives, you know, um, and that's a big part of it, man. When you are, when you love people, I mean, you're, self you're not selfish, you're selfless. You know, you are, uh, like you talked about earlier, that, that level, that level of respect, you respect each other. Um, I mean, it's unconditional, you know, right. you think about the example that Christ set for us. Christ set the greatest example of love and how he laid down his life for us. But that's really what we have to be willing to do. We have to be willing to die to self and be willing to serve and help others, you know. So uh, for me, man, I'm just thankful for the uh, the relationships that God has put in my life, man. And no doubt, you know, everything I do, I try to do it in love, man. Just do it in love. That's wonderful. Listening to you guys talk about uh, the journey, it just uh, it puts me in a place to where I appreciate Chris because we spent uh, a lot of time together years ago, probably over 10 years ago, because we had dreams of making it in the music industry, him as a him as an artist, me as uh, playing a role of a role manager, handling promotion, just making sure he was where he was supposed to be on time and we were prepared. But what really but really shaped what I feel what really shaped our relationship is the time spent in the car, traveling up and down the highway, the conversations that we would have. I mean, a lot of times it wasn't about music. It was just about life or just the things we were dealing with to the point where God brought us back together recently. And given the situation I was going through personally, I was able to open up to him because of that that foundation we had built, not it, for the music. It was for something else, but because I knew him and we bonded, it was like, man, this is a brother I can open up to. And to the point where he introduced me to a Rashawn, to where we're all family now, to where we can build and talk about our issues or the things that we go through or say, hey, bro, let me let me help you out with this. So as we while we're on this call now, I just want to say thank you to Chris and Rashawn just for being there for me as we on this journey as well. Um Amen. So yeah. Amen. Hey, we appreciate. I appreciate you too, bro. Yes, likewise. So love. I, I humbly say, I, I humbly say that too, man. And just listening to everybody talk on here, I everybody has a humble spirit, man. And that is such a blessing, man. You know, everybody is is uh, achieving something or has achieved uh, a, a, a something in their lives, and everybody on this on this uh, on this call tonight is humble and I, that's a beautiful thing because wherever you find somebody being humble you find god man you know because you can remove yourself and you can allow god to come in man and that's a blessing so i just want to give a shout out to everybody on this call tonight <laughs> because mm -hmm. uh you know god is definitely in everybody's lives man and thank you for doing that man. right sure man yeah. Cool. One thing you just said, man. Just, just. I don't know how much time we got left, man. But you just, you just took me somewhere with what you, what you just said. Literally, literally, bro. Literally, 
what you just described, DT is my witness, is literally happening to our circle of brothers as we speak. Okay. And I would so remember last last um podcast I was telling y'all about the online study. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. We're, we're going through testing out um to, to release to the public later. Right. And when I when I was praying about it and the Lord laid it on my heart, he told me to reach out to these brothers. And so we have 12 to 14 on each call, but it's all people we've known since 96, 97, like, like DT was talking about earlier. Right. And so I, I, I said, I, I've been calling each one after the calls during the week just to see what they're getting out of it. And I said, man, one thing, one thing I wish I had done back then, seeing how our relationship evolved now, was to be more intentional back then. Mm. So, so I'm just curious, man, is that for y'all sentiments on that same topic, man, like, you know, what, like now that you see where your relationship went, <laughs> if you could go back, man, would you be a lot more intentional in how you interacted back then that would have made the right now that much better? Man, um, for me, bro, had I known this then, I mean, I felt like I was on point back then, but I just feel like I would have gave it a thousand more percent. Like I would have, you know, just no sleep at all. Like whatever we got to do, let's do it. Um, but yeah, oh man, that's that's wild, Rich. Like I would have definitely yeah. gave even more effort than I was giving then. I agree. I just feel like through the journey as we went, you know, individually as well as collectively together, man, I feel like even right now, um, use that same energy, that same drive, be as intentional in this as we were in that right mm. now. Mm. That's how I feel. So. Hey, bro, that just spoke to my heart, bro. Real talk, man. Yeah, man. I'm, 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 I'm a. I'm trying to figure out what happened, though. Like what? <laughs> what? What makes brothers who have a unique and special bond? I know we're talking about importance of fathers, man. But this, this, this is where I, I, what, what I'm hearing, listening to y'all. Right. What? What makes us? Try to do life solo, man. Uh, I think for me, like, I think for me is, um, you know, as you know, I came up, you know, the only child, so it's a lot of things. I want to say most of the things I've dealt with, you know, I tried to do it solo, you know, early on. So I think while we was doing that, you know, everybody went through their own individual struggles and things of that matter and 
you know, I guess as men sometimes, and we're talking about fathers and being a father figure um, and accountability. I don't think we were really holding each other accountable to certain things, you know, like we're talking about right now. Maybe if we were to, maybe if we would have done that then, maybe mm-hmm. it would have been different. I don't know. I'm just, just trying to figure it out. <laughs> you know? Definitely. Cool. What man, a- man, look, look, man this, this, just came, this just came to me. The, the irony of, of this uh, pandemic, fellas, is that it is a place of social distancing, but it's also a time of unity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We got to keep our distance from each other, but at the same time, if everybody's if everybody's on the same page, then we can get through this pandemic faster. Right. And I, and I think I think what 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 makes us separate on the journey is that we all have to go through our seasons of social distancing. Mm. Right. Because we all might not be on the same page. And so DT went to the league and we understood as 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 his brothers that he's not going to be as accessible as he was when we was all in college likewise i went i went into ministry man and they and and they all respected that journey for me right but now but now on the back end of it seeing how we all came back together and the bond is even tighter man i'm like but why did we why did we social distance from each other right so (laughs) right so so to piggyback off that ridge i'll get detail as far as my perspective so I so probably about the last year in in the music. Um I remember this clearest day, man. I was sitting down with Dallas and Parrish, and I verbally resigned from my position in the label. And my reasoning for doing that was because I had I think Dylan was about three. I don't know if I had melody yet, but, um, you know, my, my mother, she said something to me. She said, um, she said, I hate for you to chase your dreams and miss, miss out on raising your kids. Mm. And, uh, man, that shit, that shook me, bro. Like, like, you know, she said, I know you got dreams and aspirations, but if it's going to keep you away from your house and your family, something you need to really consider thinking about and mm. how I grew up. You know what I mean? I, you know, my biological father is still alive. I talked to, I talked to him over the weekend. Um, shout out to Glenn Cooper. Um, but he was not, he was not around for me growing up. And as a kid, as a teenager, I always wanted to be there for my kids. Now, I just thought, you know, being there for your kids meant you had to be in the house or you had to be, you know, accessible. And I felt like the music would pull me away from my house and pull me into different arenas that may not be suitable for children and things of that nature. So I think in that moment, we didn't have anybody older to say, hey, man, you still can do this and you may not be able to do some of these things but you can still achieve your goal. Um, You know what? We didn't have that father figure that was in that 
in the industry for us to to yeah in that environment yeah and in that environment yeah definitely so that that's kind of what happened for me that's why i i withdrew you know i just but i just didn't know, know what's, what's... I, I didn't know how i didn't know how to do it and still be the dad i wanted to be to my kids <laughs> bro it's crazy that you just said that because and the topic that we're on because that's exactly why I stepped away as well. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. the same reason, man. I don't know if you ever knew that, but no, nah, the exact I, same reason. I didn't know that. I, I probably the only th- probably the only person that knew why everybody stepped away probably would be Dallas. Um, I never knew that because you know after I stepped away, you know it kind of you disconnect yourself. All right. But listen, listen to what you listen to what you and and C just said though, Coop. Y'all both stepped away from the set for the same reason, mm. which means y'all was on the same page and didn't need the social distance. Exactly. <laughs> right. And, exactly. and and look, and now y'all back together. <laughs> Amen. That's crazy, man. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, well, I can say, I can say in particular that D, DT has been with me for all of my journey too. Okay. Uh, in, in, into into ministry, into marriage, into parenthood, and I, I like our connection was the same, but if we didn't have the same level of connection with all the brothers who are who are now back. As a, as a unit, and that's the piece. I'm, and what I'm finding out is, all of them been going through the same journey. All of us went that me and DT went through, and I'm like, like was I that was I that focused on my journey that I disconnected? Yeah. And it. And it's got to be something in there. That's that's got to be something that I I guess now looking back, we can say to the next generation of fathers that have dreams and aspirations that they still can achieve those goals, but still have that relationship with their brothers, that bond um, to grow. Right. Like y'all, I'm gonna I'm I'm connect this to the last dance too. This it's really gonna mess you up. Like Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan both lost their dads, mm. but they handled it in two different ways. Mike left basketball to go play baseball when he could have been connected to that team and been processing that grief with somebody that was also going through it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's something to think about. Definitely. Man. Both lost tragedy. Yeah, my bad, fellas. I took us on a tangent. 
it's been an amazing conversation, man. For real. We just want to say we thank you for your time and coming on, man. Um, sharing your story and your experiences. We all wish you well in your in your upcoming season with with the family, as far as the players, and then your own personal family as well, man. Um, if there's anything we can do for you, if it's just being the outlet, and we we are here for you anytime. Uh, we thank you for sharing, brother Reg. You already know, man. I love you. Appreciate you for your time. Anything you want to give the listeners, the people, before we get off? Um, I, I would just like to plug um, where they can continue to connect um, on social media, man. I forgot to do that last week. But um, okay, okay. At, um, on, on IG, you can find me at, at Endurance Ministries. Endurance spell with an I. Um, on tw- Twitter, you can find me at Daily Recharge, all one word, and also on Facebook, Endurance Ministries. Okay. It's wonderful. Once again, uh, give give them the name of the book again, Red. The book is Have an Incredible Day, 30 Ways to Enjoy Each Day. And uh, I I can attest to the book. The book is special, man. It's powerful. Um, I'm thankful that Reggie was obedient to the Lord and just wrote out the plan to have an incredible day and uh we've been going through it and um each excerpt has made a difference in my personal life and the group it's been uh it's been a game changer man so i definitely want to attest to the uh, benefits of grabbing that book it can definitely help uplift upgrade your lifestyle to having an incredible day of course and uh, i follow reggie on all his social media platforms and uh, my brother is gifted. He has a, a way of providing inspiration and timely moments. You know, so some mm. I'm, I might follow one of his posts and read and like, oh, man, I, I needed to hear that today. You know, so definitely right. uh, follow Reg on all his social media platforms. I'm, I'm definitely I'm confident it'll bless you in a special way. And I thank you guys for having me on as a guest, man. This was cool, man. I had fun. I enjoyed the conversation. You guys, man, keep being a voice. You guys have been a voice, man, for the for positive, for making a difference. So uh, thank you for having me on as a guest. And I, I definitely wish you guys nothing but the best with this platform you guys got going. Thank you very much. Now, do you, do you have any social media handles that you would like the listeners to follow you on or you I got social media, but I ain't as active as I should. <laughs> Sometimes that's a good thing. Man. Okay. Yeah, man, I'm up there, but I'm not really as active as others. But um, my Twitter is DT underscore 50. And I think my IG is 
at D Thornton 50, you know, so, uh, but at the same time, like I said, I'm not as active on social media like that. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Being on behalf of Rich, Sean, and myself, man, we appreciate you coming on. We're live, see? Wrapping this one up. Yeah, it's been another great one, man. We appreciate you guys for coming on. uh, We appreciate all our listeners. Um, And uh, we're just here to be better, get better, and do better, you know? Yes, sir. All right. Well, it's your homie, Rashawn, yeah. a.k.a. Freshwater Word Life. Be cool. We out. That's your boy, C. We Peace. out. Peace. I look to, to.